Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com My local congregation at Grace Episcopal Church in Paducah is hiring a full-time children's minister. So I thought I would just send a call out here on The Nuance Life. If you or anyone you know would be interested in this job, please email me, sarah at pantsuitpoliticshow.com. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We co-host Pantsuit Politics, a podcast seeking nuance in political conversation. Along the way, we've realized the rest of life is filled with nuance, too. So we come here each week to commemorate the moments in our lives, moments beyond birthdays, weddings, and funerals, that deserve celebration. It's an opportunity to see ourselves in a new season and to reflect on the messiness of living wisely. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Nuance Life. We are excited that you're here. We have two beautiful commemorations to share and some listener feedback on ritual that we'll talk about at the end of the show before we get started. Thank you to everyone who has followed us on Instagram. We're getting so close to Sarah's goal and I really want this for her. So if you haven't had time, please go over to Instagram and follow Pantsuit Politics there. I know political content is not everybody's thing, but we really share the entirety of our lives on the Pantsuit Politics account. Putting all of our social media presences together in one space has been part of what we talk about here on The Nuance Life a lot, which is really thinking clearly about our priorities and how much time we have to devote to different things. And so Pantsuit Politics is where you can learn all about our lives and what we're thinking about, what we learn each month. And you can see Sarah's fantastic morning news briefs for just a little bit of news every day. Also, we wanted to ask again to keep the commemorations flowing. So you can email either Sarah at PantsuitPoliticsShow.com or Beth at PantsuitPoliticsShow.com and share your commemorations. They are what fuel the show. They lead to so many interesting conversations and to hear what you guys are celebrating or mourning or acknowledging for the first time is such a powerful exercise. So keep those coming. So our first powerful exercise today comes from Trixie, a name that we both love. Great name. Trixie has passed the one-year mark in her current role at her job, which is a very big deal because it represents personal and professional survival in a difficult situation. She works at a Southern Baptist University. She's been there for four years. She said that the past two and a half years have felt a little bit like living through a professional war zone because of leadership changes. And I have been there, Trixie. I think lots of people will relate to that analogy. When I read Warzone, I was like, you know what? I think it it. does. The career context, it does feel like that. Mm -hmm. Trixie writes, it quickly became clear that whether intentional or not, women were not valued employees. Women who had worked hard and faithfully for decades were demoted and silenced, while male, recent college graduates were given raises, titles, and positions to speak Mm -hmm. into and critique the work of experienced professionals. This led to widespread distrust and backstabbing. I think that's an appropriate sound effect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a lot of women turned on one another, as happens in situations like this, and many left. 
Trixie kept her head down. She prayed for wisdom. And eventually a position came open. She looked at this position and thought, I would be good at this. And none of the men are going to want it because it's going to be really hard. And so (laughs) she applied for it. She, here's what I love. Everybody take notes. Yeah, I know what you're going to say because I thought this was so smart. Grab a pen and write this down. Trixie applies for this position and says, here's who I'd like to report to in this position. Oh, so smart. And chose another woman. And they said, sure, great. So Trixie gets into the position. She works really hard. She implements some changes, which is notoriously difficult in higher ed. She made lots of connections. She won people over. And she says, in an entire year, I never did the same thing twice. My role is immensely diverse, and each month of the school year has different tasks that interface with different areas around the campus. She learned a lot, and she is entering her second year feeling reasonably proud of herself. (laughs) And so, Trixie, congratulations. I think this is amazing. And I love, love, love that she scopes out the whole situation. She gets a full understanding. She identifies the position she wants to go for where she can make change. And then she says, I would like to do this this way. And -hmm. it works out. Amazing. Here is the other part I love. When she says that a lot of her friends were having babies and she attended baby showers and one-year-old birthdays, and she always felt like her announcement fell flat when she mentioned her one-year work anniversary. Well, that is why we are here, Trixie, because it should not fall flat. This is a big deal. We are here to celebrate your one-year work anniversary. And then, can I just say, listen to this little P.S. she throws in at the end. Oh, in addition, my husband and I paid off $20,000 in student loans this past year. Trixie, that's not a PS. That's That's a whole commemoration. Absolutely. It's amazing. I'm so proud for Trixie. I think that higher ed is uniquely difficult. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. Christian higher ed is uniquely difficult. I think a lot of environments that are structured within a religious philosophy where you're trying to combine religion and work are fraught for women just Mm -hmm. fraught Mm -hmm. i've been watching beth moore do the work on twitter lately i love 2019 beth moore (laughs) i mean i I think it's incredible to watch what she's doing and you can just hear the decades of experience that Mm -hmm. she has Mm -hmm. as a professional christian leader Trying to help men understand that even where you've had good intentions, even things like, you know, the Billy Graham rule, which is this idea that it kind of got some new life from Mike Pence, this idea that we don't spend time alone with women we're not married to. Okay. Going back to when Billy Graham started this situation, and he was not an absolutist about it. I can not understand or agree with, but I can have space for why that might have seemed like a good idea. Mm -hmm. It's so oppressive in a professional context, though. And I think watching people like Beth Moore, people like Trixie, patiently putting one foot in front of the other, patiently trying to help people understand the effect this has on women in the workplace and, and the effect it has spiritually on everybody. Everybody spiritually loses when women are not in leadership roles. It's just beautiful. I I admire it so much. I think she also walked a really careful line 
by saying, you know, it makes me sad that another woman had to get so uncomfortable in order and leave in order for me to have this opportunity and like acknowledging there were unfairnesses and not sort of writing that situation and acting like she did everything and deserved everything and put her head down and she did the work and she, you know what I mean? Like she, yes. the, her careful, she was so careful in her language to say like this situation, like calling it a war zone. This situation was uncalled for. I hate that other women had to leave. Here's how I survived it. Not because I'm superior or because I'm a better person, but because of a lot of different factors. And I just want to celebrate that. I just thought she was really, really careful and awesome in the way she talked about that as well. And recognizing that sometimes leaving is the right choice for someone. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard. I think a lot of women in bad situations that are bad for all women either feel like, well, this is hopeless. I have to go or I must stay because now mm-hmm. I'm responsible to fix this for other people. And right. if I stay, I have to take the burden of this on. And the truth is, you just have to find what's best for you at the moment of life. 
is from Scotty. She also is commemorating the passage of a really difficult year in her life and at work. She's an attorney, and shortly after having kids, she moved back to her hometown, and she was planning on working part-time for her father, who had been a solo practitioner. But then, because life throws us a lot of curveballs, that turned out to become much more intensive when her father got himself in a situation he couldn't work his way out of. And so literally overnight, she went from working six hours, three days a week, to having almost the entire practice on her shoulders. So Scotty has to start working all the time, and she has to marshal the staff in the office. If you've ever worked in a small law firm, especially in any law firm, but especially a small firm, the staff is Mm -hmm. essential. So Scotty gives a lot of praise to those folks. Her kids were used to having their mom around part-time, and now she is stressed, and she is trying to figure out what's happening with all these cases and keep everything afloat. Her husband has to make a huge adjustment here, and it gets hard. And she says over the summer, she started to shut down, and when Mm -hmm. she wasn't at work, she was in bed. And she said it took a couple of months before she realized that she needed help with anxiety, and she got that help. There was a medical diagnosis at the end of the summer that was scary for a couple of months, and back to school brought its own bumps in the road, as it does, you know, Mm -hmm. in in families. I feel like everyone in my life right now is, like, deer in the headlights. end of school, I see you, May. Deer in the headlights about school ending. I feel that a little bit as well, too. But she is hitting her stride, and she's realized that she's a really good lawyer, And a really good business person, she's made some changes that have really helped the office atmosphere and the office finances. Her husband's figuring it out. They've realized how they can better manage the household load. She's cultivating the community of people who contribute. Her father is back to work, but in a healthier way. And they've had another little dip that was kind of scary in the business, and they weathered it. And she's just realizing, I've got this. Even when really difficult things come up. I can do this. And we're really proud for you, Scotty. Yeah, I think it's amazing. I love that she was hitting her stride. And look, sometimes, again, especially in difficult situations, these can kind of slide by you. Like she emailed us and said, I almost didn't email you because I'm really into the second year. First of all, y'all, it doesn't have, there's not an expiration date on these here commemorations. Okay. So please feel free to email at any time. But it's when you go through something like that, it is almost so easy for it to pass. And you'd be like, oh, my gosh, look back and see how I survived that, how I thrived, what I learned. And it sounds like she went through all three stages in that year of merely surviving and then thriving and now looking at what she learned. I love how she said there are days that my clients get my best and my family just gets the leftovers, but I'm learning how to balance. And I think Mm. that's a really succinct way of summarizing something that all of us feel. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And I think that's okay. I don't think we're supposed to be perfectly in balance. I wrote an article about this several years ago. I teach yoga and tree pose has really helped me understand what balance is because 
balance, one, requires every muscle in the body working. If you have anything just hanging out, you're going to fall. So, like, even if the balance is mostly in your legs, right? So, in tree pose, you're standing on one foot and you have the other foot on your leg. Well, that foot is pressing, pressing, pressing into the leg. And then what you need to do with your arms, whether they're reaching overhead or you have your hands together or even on your hips, is you need to be pressing with your arms, too, because everything in the body has to work together to make that balance happen. And... Everything in the body is dynamic in that process. It's not like you get to one place and everything stops and is still and you're balanced. It's like all of the muscles in this little dance. And that's just a perfect metaphor for like dealing with work and family, right? Because on the days when it feels balanced, it's because every single thing is clicking. But almost never is every single thing clicking. And you're going to be falling in and out all the time. And that's that's okay. That's just what it is. I don't know why we decided balance was a destination instead of a practice. I don't know where that came about, but I do think we've treated it for that for so long as opposed to describing that dynamic process that you just described and that Scotty clearly has tapped into instead of feeling like I've got it in balance. Now I can walk away. It's never going to work like that. It's never going to work like that. Good job, Scotty. You have been through a lot. And I know specifically the pressure that comes along with handling client work in the middle of a difficult time, and that's its own kind of pressure. And so I'm just really happy for you. And we're proud of what you're doing and that you're continuing to make it work. Some things are good for our skin, others not so much. Did you know there are over 64 skincare mistakes most of us are making? Sarah is quick to point these out for me in our conversations. (laughs) I just got anxiety. I was like, oh my God, 64, which ones am I doing? Some of them could be seriously harming your skin. I know I've made a few of them before. I have definitely put my skincare products on in the wrong order. I have also used the same products year-round instead of recognizing that my skin needs different things in different seasons. So I was really excited to learn about Beauty by Design. With Beauty by Design, you never have to make another skincare mistake again. Beauty by Design gives you a completely personalized skincare routine while providing everyday guidance from experts. Beauty by Design connects you with a live esthetician that you can text for free for life. Your esthetician picks from her huge arsenal of skincare products to create over 5,000 possible regimens. Everything is personalized for your needs with options at different price points. The Beauty by Design process is super simple and convenient. It's under two minutes. I answered a few questions about my skin and sent a selfie, and then I had a short consultation with my esthetician that turned into me asking a lot of questions and got a detailed diagnosis and personalized product recommendations. Hello, I'm your stereotypical millennial who's like, oh dear, I probably need to start thinking about skincare in a more serious way. And I've really increased my knowledge, but honestly, it just feels like the more I learn, the more I need to know. And that's why I think having the esthetician to walk you through why you need vitamin A, what order you need to put on vitamin C and all that stuff is so helpful. Go to beautybydesign.com slash life and use the promo code LIFE. First-time customers get 20% off. That's beautybydesign.com slash life and use the promo code LIFE to get 20% off. So we wanted to share some feedback from, I feel like we can call her our friend now, right? Kellyanne, mm-hmm. she has come to several of our live events and just holds a very special place in our hearts. 
Kellyan said that she wanted to talk about ritual a little bit, and she said she feels like one of the reasons that she doesn't feel this draw to participate in many cultural rituals is because she has them in her faith community and in her work, which I thought was such a fascinating point. Oh, yeah, because she is a teacher, so she has the school year, which I just love the school year so much. The few years where I was basically not in law school but didn't have kids in school yet, it was sad. It was just sad for me. I need that. I need the beginning of the school year and the end of the school year as those sort of breaks on either side of summer, far enough away from the new year to reevaluate, reassess. And I think it's right. I think if you have that and you have the liturgical calendar, which is sort of helping you look around you. I really like the liturgical calendar and with regards to sort of nature and thinking about the seasons. Yeah, I think there are there are a lot of us who have those institutions in our life giving us that insertion of rituals that keep us grounded. I totally agree with her. I've said this before on the show. One of the hardest adjustments for me after school was not having the cyclical nature of school. I mean, I just think syllabus day I think Syllabus Day is the best holiday in the world. In the world, Happy <laughs> Syllabus Day, everybody. Let's all look at all the promise available to us, this, this nice long checklist that nobody screwed up yet. God, I love it so much. And I had never thought of that as ritual, but that makes perfect sense. And mm-hmm. it's such a nice way to think about it. And I think that outside of education, where you have a cyclical business, sometimes you only think about that cycle in terms of pressure points. Like I think about tax season for accountants or mm-hmm. kind of end of year budgeting processes. We we do have a lot of rituals in businesses, but a lot of times those rituals are not celebratory. And so maybe we can learn something from Kelly in here by thinking about in all of our work, how do we bring in more celebratory, kind of fresh, new, we're making changes and we're enjoying it, or we're taking a break and we're deliberately enjoying that break. You know, how can we fold more of that into our work? I wonder if that is part of the appeal of sports. I was listening to a conversation on the Ezra Klein show with David Brooks, and he was talking about sports really give us that identity, that tribal connection that we need. But I wonder if some of the appeal is also the ritual, the annual ritual that sports give people surrounding, you know, the playoffs and the trading and the draft and all that stuff. I think that's probably part of the appeal as well. I think you're right. And that's why it's so fun to go to a game. You know what's going to happen, right? You're going to, I love that about baseball. I love the national anthem. I love the seventh inning stretch. There are so many mini rituals within a game that just make you feel like you're connected to something larger. I hate football. I love to go to an NFL game. I think the Mm. spectacle of it is amazing. And it's just fun to see kind of this process unfold the way it always unfolds. There's something really comforting about that. You know what I always like at a baseball game? I like it when you get to see the songs the players pick to play as they're like walking to the play. Such a fun little personality test. Don't you wish there were places in your life when you had a walk-up song? I think about this all the time. Yes. We would all know so much more about each other. What would your walk-up song be? (sighs) That's really hard. My immediate gut reaction my brain told me was Florence and the Machine, shake it out. But I don't know if I would need to ponder that. But that's my immediate reaction. What about you? 
I had to choose a walk-on song for an event that I was involved in a couple of years ago, which was a lot of pressure. I actually did not like it in that context. But what I picked was Jesse J's Masterpiece, mm-hmm. which I do feel very connected to. So that probably would still be right for me. But I think it would be fun to be thinking about this often. I mean, I think we need to keep a rolling list here. We're coming up with some really good ideas. One, we need the how do you want to be greeted chart. Yes. Two, we need walk-on songs in everyday life. <laughs> I think we're I think we're like we're coming up with a pretty good list, but we need to keep track. I have a question that I wanted to ask you on the nuance life that has nothing to do with anything. Are you up for this? Always. Okay, as we end the show. Chad and I listened to The Habitat over the weekend. It's a podcast that's a couple of years old from Gimlet Media. It's only seven episodes, and they're pretty short. And it is about High Seas, which is a project in Hawaii where they've built a dome on a volcano that is supposed to simulate the conditions that astronauts would live in on Mars should we make a Mars mission. And they've had several groups rotate through this dome. The podcast is about a group of six people who were in the dome for a year. The rules of the dome are you have to pretend you are on Mars. So that means the air outside the dome is poisonous. You cannot open the door of the dome without being in your full space gear. And it has to be for missions that they're sending you on. You have to eat like you're on Mars. So everything is dehydrated. You have to pretend Ugh. that water is super I'm scarce. Out. So there's a timer for you to take a 30-second shower because you, you cannot use too much water. Okay? So this is a hardcore experience. And these people are constantly filling out surveys, like many, many surveys a day about what they're feeling and how they're doing, because we basically have the science and technology, as I understand it, to send a group of people to Mars. It would take about six months for them to get there. They would live there for about a year. It would take about six months to get back. The question is, can human beings work under these conditions? We can make the machines work, we think, but can human beings come into this process and not be the fatal product defects? So it's really fascinating, this group of researchers studying it. What I wanted to ask is if you had the opportunity to go to Mars and it was going to take two years of your life, would you do it? Under those circumstances? Hell no. No way. No way. I'm not eating dehydrated food and taking 30-second showers and filling out surveys. No. I do, listen, if there's a private space flight available, I'm all in. Like, I want to go to space. I want to see what it's like. But I don't need to be the Mars explorer. I don't really think that I am a pioneer in that way. That's just not my personality. I want to send the first group out, figure out the kinks. I will come in with my resource sherpiness, and I will take it to the next level. But I ain't trying to be in the first group. Very interesting. I just had What about you? Absolutely. I knew you would want to. Oh, Beth, you hate surveys. You want to fill out surveys all the time? I know. The survey point is the part that would be hardest for me, I think. (laughs) The surveys and the bathroom situation. Like, I was thinking about how much we owe our female astronauts because the idea of being on your period in this circumstance is way out there for me. But anyway, yes, I would absolutely do this. Look, it's the ultimate in wonderlust, right? If you're a person who loves to explore spaces— 
you can't get any better than going to Mars. And I think that I would be good at the human interaction side of it. I think it would be hard for me because I'm such an introvert, but I'm also really great at group dynamics. So I feel like I could be helpful to kind of understanding all of the people. No, that's true. You would be, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mediating disputes and trying to help everybody work together and be their best selves under these conditions. I wouldn't want to do it while my kids were, are little, but when they get a little bit older, I think it'd be amazing. I can't imagine anything more exciting. Now, you want to actually go to Mars. Would you sign up for this experiment? Because you wouldn't be on Mars. You'd be pretending you're Mars, but you'd actually be in Hawaii, which sounds like the worst case scenario. It's really hard, right? Like, it's such an intense sacrifice to research. Oh. I, think I, I think I might do it. I would really, I would rather go to Mars than go to high seas. But if I had to do one to get to the other, I'd probably be up for it. Mm. I would like for Chad to be with me. And this is interesting because NASA frowns on married couples going to space together. Why? But what high seas might be learning is that that's not something they should frown on. So no. they're in this group of six people, one kind of couple formed, and those folks sounded measurably happier yeah, in does. all of their reporting. And so it might be a good idea to send couples. And I do think two years, I'm going to need Chad involved. But if Chad oh. and I could go to Mars together for two years and do this, yes, indeed, I'm, I'm there for it. I bet my husband would do it because he, like, I just struggle with any... Like, let's just push ourselves to see if we can do it. It's like the question in me. I'm like, yeah, but but why am I doing this? Like, he likes to all those, like, ultra marathon documentaries. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. For why? And he's like, to see if you could. Like, I don't, that's not a question. Should I do this just to see if I can? No, that's not a thing. My brain doesn't work like that. But his does. So he might be, like, that's why he likes all those through hikes and stuff. But that's not the why for me. You know, the why for me is... What could I understand about this universe and myself by doing this? It's not just can I push myself to the limit. It probably would push me to the limit in many, many ways. But what could I understand about life as a result of it? I can't even fathom. Like, that seems so limitless to me and beautiful and totally worth the risk. Dude, for anybody who doesn't listen to Pantsuit Politics, last week we had a pretty meandering conversation about psychedelics. It's so funny to me. Yeah, I'm all in for like one night of mushrooms that can get me to that level of insight. I'm not trying to go to Mars for two years. I'd, I'm going to vote for the short psychedelic trip instead. I don't want the shortcut. I want the real thing. I want two years <laughs> of bending my brain. Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of The Nuance Life. Please catch us on Pantsuit Politics on Friday, where we will be talking about the five things you need to know about abortion law. So if you are interested in that subject, we're going to go pretty deep in trying to offer you some neutral information about abortion law. And then the following Tuesday, we'll be discussing our opinions about the laws that are cropping up in Georgia. Georgia and Ohio. Until then, have a wonderful week and keep it nuanced, y'all. Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash The Nuance Life. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram.